This is Maureen Kafka, the Brain BS Coach, here to tell you about the episode today. I am going to be talking about the takeaways from Drug Overdose Awareness Week and expressing gratitude for everybody that participated in the series. And I will also share whatever resources I can to help support you and your families who are fighting addiction. So sit back and settle in for episode number 95 of the Brain BS Podcast, Takeaways from Drug Overdose Awareness Week. Welcome to the Brain BS Podcast, the podcast where thought work, emotional intelligence, and universal law come together to empower humans to cut the crap and finally master their brain BS. It is time to stop blaming everybody else for your problems and start taking responsibility for your own life and emotional state. I am your host, Maureen Kafkas, a doctor of occupational therapy, a certified life coach, and an expert on brain BS. My mission is to motivate you to learn how to live consciously and manage your mind on purpose so you can create a life free of needless suffering. Now, who does not want that? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Brain BS Podcast. I'm here to talk by myself today to give a little summary of what I learned this week in the Drug Overdose Awareness series that I did. Um, Before I get into that, though, I want to tell you a few things I learned about myself in this process. One, it gets kind of confusing when I'm trying to do six different episodes in the same week. Actually, seven if you include the intro. So this definitely challenged me beyond my level of comfort and was um, a little bit tiring, if I'm totally honest about it but totally worth the effort because it's such an important thing to do. But that was challenging. And then the other part of it, and I believe everything happens for a reason, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I also used up all my um, uploads. So I have I have to get the premium package now for Buzzsprout because I had so many episodes and I normally only have one a week or two. Um, but I guess this means I'm kind of running with the big dogs now. I'm going to start doing more series and, and more episodes. So I think that's a good thing too. But again, a little out of my comfort zone. Um, but I'm going to adjust. I'm going to stretch myself because I think it's important what I'm doing and the topics I'm covering. Because now as we wrap up this week, I just became aware that next week is Suicide Prevention Week, which is equally as important and kind of can go hand in hand, honestly, with drug addiction. So I say all that to let you know that my brain has been stretched this past week, the last couple weeks, because I have to set up more interviews, I have to organize them, keep the dates straight, and then I have to edit all of them, upload them, do a little intro. But I can't think of any other way that I would rather be spending my time. So thank you everyone for the support. Thank you everyone who participated in Drug Overdose Awareness Week. Uh, It started with my niece, Laura, who is one of the most honest people I know who just tells it like it is. She doesn't sugarcoat it. She didn't make her sound self she didn't make herself sound better than she was. She was honest about it and she's able to come on here and talk about it and help other people. I mean, that's amazing. Then it was followed by my friend Megan, who was equally as honest and forthcoming and sharing her struggle with helping her daughter and what that was like for her. And all the judgment she received and the secrecy involved with it. That's um, something we don't always talk about. But that secrecy of knowing when you should be secret and when you shouldn't is a big part of it, I think. 
And then on Wednesday, we spoke with Heather, who lost her daughter to addiction, Helena. And I mean, talk about courage, right? Coming on here, I don't, I, if I'm correct, I don't believe it's even been a year since she lost her daughter. I think the thing that I most loved and learned from Heather is that they're not an addict. So I don't call them addicts anymore. They're people who are addicted to a substance because when we limit them and label them as addicts, we diminish them and we reduce them to that one thing. And for some reason, I think we specifically do this with addicts because I think we, we, we say functioning alcoholics, right? We, we seem to have a place for alcoholics, but it's something with the stigma with the addiction that really sticks. And I learned also through speaking with Megan that people who did use drugs don't want to be labeled as an addict. They, they don't want to be referred to that. They don't want to have to look back on their past and think of themselves that way. And nor should they have to, because they really are more than a person who's addicted to something. They're a whole human being. I think that's that might be one of the biggest things that I've learned is, well, first of all, that you can actively love someone who's actively using. I didn't really think that was possible before because I didn't think that it would be an authentic connection. But you know what? It is. It's as a I'm having a little trouble talking today, <laughs> probably because of all the podcast episodes, but it's as authentic as it can get for somebody who needs a substance to function. So we just need to accept that that's the reality of the situation. We need to meet these people where they are and not keep giving them grief and making them feel shitty about themselves because they're not doing better than they are. We also have to do the same thing for parents. We need to refrain from the judgment and in the criticism in thinking that we could do it so much better. I mean, there is so much self-righteousness going on around addiction and how people handle it and how they would do tough love. They would kick the kid out. But let me tell you, it's a whole different ballgame when it's your kid and you're terrified that if you kick them out, they're going to die. Okay, they're going to die. It's a big deal. This is, this is a horrible situation that impacts entire families and the friends of the families and society, the, the world, the way we're dealing with this is just got to change. First of all, we have to address the mental health issues that are even behind it because a lot of these people are resorting to drugs because they're self-medicating because they're in a lot of pain. They're not getting the mental health care that they need. Our health care system isn't set up to take care of them. So there's so many takeaways and I could go on and on. But another one that I think is really important and I want to make sure that I mention is that as family members, we have to take care of our emotional and mental health and get the support that we need and in order to be able to then turn around and take care of the person who's using in our families. I think that part of the problem is we tend to think that the person who has the addiction is the one that should be the focus. But really, it comes back to that, like when you're on an airplane and the flight attendant says, put your oxygen mask on first before you give it to your child. I think the same thing sort of, um, I was going to say pertains. I think that's the word I, I want to use. But I think it's appropriate here too, that you have to take care of yourself. Um, it's not a sprint either. It's a marathon. 
So you need to be in a good place physically, emotionally, and mentally to be able to deal with the challenges of loving someone who is addicted to a substance. So other things that I learned is the importance, importance of forgiveness. And that forgiveness is of ourselves when we don't like the way that we show up and we react and we get angry and we say things that we feel terrible about later. We have to be able to forgive ourselves for that and we have to be able to forgive our loved ones for their addiction. And our loved ones need to be able to forgive themselves for their addiction. And I think that this is so hard for all of us to do because we have this high standard that's impossible to achieve that we're, we're reaching for, which is like total brain BS. Total brain BS. Because the truth is, we don't have to be perfect. And anything that's happening is perfect exactly how it is. It's what are the lessons that we're learning from it. It's perfectly imperfect, no matter what happens. That is part of my jinky studying, part of my human design. And it's something that I continue to work on, but that I'm really starting to embrace. Because when we reject reality, when we wish it was different, Sometimes that's what sends us into denial, not wanting to know that our loved one is addicted. We rationalize things, we avoid it because it's just too difficult to deal with. But if we can meet them where they are and we can accept reality and we can know that it's all happening for our greater good, then we can go from that place to figure out how we can help our loved ones who are addicted to a substance. And then the last point I want to make is there's so many... Um, support systems available now and there's so many coaches who work around addiction and drugs and recovery that I love the combination of combining the coaching with the AA or the NA or the therapist or the trauma therapist. It really, really does enhance recovery when you include coaching in it. When you look at the thought work, the subconscious programming, the feelings work. I mean, it really does take a village and it takes any, um, any support that can be beneficial. Like, try it. There's even, there's so many people who when they start out coaching that are so good at what they do, but they're just looking to practice and they're looking for people. So there's even opportunities for people who can't afford coaching. I could hook you up with, like, DM me, on Facebook, email me, join me in the Brain BS podcast community. We can talk about stuff in there. I can help you get the resources you need. I can hook you up with coaches. I could hook you up with other things. Whatever it is, all I'm trying to do is to shed light on some of these things that we never talk about, get people to start talking about them more, and help them get hooked up with the resources that they need to recover and to heal and to not just survive, but thrive. I know that's hard to believe sometimes, especially when we're at our lowest of lows, but it is always available to us if we're willing to look inward and do the work. So I think I covered everything that I want. Oh, one last thing that I want to say. Unconditional love is always available to us when we love someone who is addicted to a substance. And, and this is super, super important because I think I had a little problem with this before, loving them and actively caring for them is not the same thing as condoning their drug use. 
The two can exist. You can take care of them, love them, set limits and boundaries with them. Know that they're lying to you. Know that they're not being totally honest. Know that they are full on an addiction and you could still give them that unconditional love. But the only way, the only way that you can do that, like true unconditional love, that's not riddled with anger and frustration and resentment is if we give that love to ourselves. So parents, you are not responsible for your child's addiction. Nobody's responsible except the person who picks up the substance and uses it. And that's just accountability. That's not judgment. That's not a criticism. That's accountability. So we need to let everybody be on their own journey. Everybody has to go on their own path. Everybody has the initiative, has the ability to take the initiative to change their path and go down a different one that will serve them better. But it's all up to the individual and we can't make anybody do anything until they're ready. So I hope you learned something valuable in this podcast series. It comes from my heart. It's in honor of my nephew. Can't believe I'm getting teary-eyed right now. Um, in honor of my nephew Michael, who I sincerely wish I gave more unconditional love to, but he is right here with me <laughs> on my shoulder, and um, it, it was just an honor to do this for him and, and for my sister's family. So thank you, everybody who participated. I'll see you next episode. If you like what you heard here today, I would really appreciate it if you would follow the Brain BS podcast, do a quick review, give me five stars and share it with everyone you know. You can interact with me and request topics for the podcast on the Brain BS page on Facebook. You can also go to www.thebrainbs.com to sign up for the Brain BS updates and get to know me better. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast and spreading the word. Always remember, the only thing standing between you and a more fulfilling life is understanding your brain BS and choosing to live consciously.